good to see you all here. Um, some people I haven't seen in a long time. We're going to talk about the covenant this morning. <clears throat> you know, there's a lot of wickedness in the world today, but the book of Genesis talks about a time when there was so much wickedness in the world that it says it was only evil in man's heart continually. And it was so bad that God was sorry that he created man. And he was going to wipe, wipe us off the face of the earth. But he found one righteous man named Noah. And Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And so God made a covenant with Noah. And this is the first time this word is used. And in Genesis chapter 6 and verse 18, it says, But I will establish my covenant with you, God says. And you shall go into the ark, you and your sons, your wife and your sons and wives with you. And when God flooded the earth and killed everyone in it, Noah and his family were spared. And he set the rainbow in the sky as a sign of his covenant. He would not do that again. Not with water. <clears throat> so what is a covenant? <clears throat> well, a Bible dictionary describes it as a sacred bond between two parties ratified by swearing an oath. Now, we don't use that word covenant so much today. We're probably more familiar with contracts. <clears throat> and we all have probably entered into contracts. They're pretty common. But a contract and a covenant is very different in two important ways. In a contract, you see, you exchange property or services. What you do is you say, this thing that I have is yours now, and in exchange, what you have is mine. And in a covenant, it's different. In a covenant, what you exchange is life. In a covenant, what you say is I am yours, and you are mine. Or for example, your life is mine, and my life is yours. You exchange life. And that's very different. And the second thing that's very different about a contract and a covenant is a contract is temporary, while a covenant is permanent. In fact, the only thing that can end a covenant is if one of the two parties dies. That's the only thing that can end it. Otherwise, it is eternal. Now, the Bible is all about covenants. Two covenants in particular. And the Old Testament describes a lot of different covenants in an effort to help us understand these covenants. 
because it's important that we understand the covenants. And it's also important that we understand how important it is to God that we keep covenants. The covenants have to be kept. In Genesis chapter 15, God made a covenant with Abraham and his descendants. And he prom God promised to make Abraham and his descendants a great nation. But he'll have a multitude of descendants. And in exchange, Abraham and his descendants was to serve God. God would be their God, and they would be his people. And that was the exchange. He would give them life, and they would give their lives to him. Life for life, you see. And when Abraham was tested to see whether he had the faith to keep this covenant, he passed the test. And he was willing to give up the life that was precious to him when God asked him to, even though he didn't understand why. Because his life now belonged to God. And this covenant was everlasting. But Abraham's descendants didn't always keep this covenant. They went after foreign gods and idols. And so they were taken captive and they were enslaved by other lands and people. And so in the book of Exodus, God sends Moses to go and bring the children of Israel out of bondage in Egypt. And he did so. And when they got to Sinai, God gave them a law. And the purpose of the law was to help them understand and teach them how to keep the covenant. Because they weren't keeping it. And so the law was to teach them how. It was the law of the covenant. And at Sinai, after giving him the law, God reaffirmed this covenant that he made with Abraham's descendants. In Exodus chapter 19 and verse 5, he says, Now therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, then you shall be a special treasure to me above all people, for all the earth is mine. Now, as part of this covenant that God made with Abraham and his descendants, he was to give them the land of Canaan. And after Sinai, God was giving him the land of Canaan, and he did. He gave it to them. All they had to do was go in and take it. But the people were afraid and wouldn't go in. And so the young ones, the little ones, when they grew up, they went in and they took the land. And they began conquering cities after Jericho, one after another, fell as God was fighting for them. And so the kingdoms of Canaan got together and decided 
Maybe if we work together and combine our armies, we could defeat the armies of the Lord. <clears throat> but there was one key kingdom that had a different idea. And that kingdom was Gibeon. And Gibeon came up with a plan. They got a bunch of men and dressed them up as ambassadors. And they put on these men these old rags. They got old rags of clothes out of the trash heap and they put them on. And they had got sandals that had patches on them, on their feet. And they got wine skins that were torn <clears throat> and put them on their donkeys. And they got old, worn-out sacks and put those on the donkeys. And they filled those sacks with old, moldy bread that was months old. And they set these, these men off to meet the armies of the Lord. And when they got there, they lied. They lied to Israel. They told them that they were from a far, far away land. They'd been traveling long ways, and they had heard about everything the Lord did in Egypt, how he brought them out of his land, that your fame has spread throughout the land. And now we heard what you was about to do in Canaan here. And we came all this way to Canaan to ask for a covenant with you. We want to make a covenant. And what we will do is we, if you will allow us to live by you, we will be your servants. If you will let us live and protect us, we will serve you as long as we live here. Well, the Israelites were suspicious at first, but when they opened their sacks and saw the old moldy bread, they thought, well, obviously they've traveled a long ways for that bread to be moldy. So they believed them. And they agreed to this covenant. But three days later, they find out that they were tricked. They find out that these people weren't from far away. These people were from right up ahead. One of the cities God had commanded them to destroy because they were wicked people. But they couldn't destroy them now because they had made a covenant with them. And so they agreed not to attack them. Not only that, when all the other kingdoms found out about this covenant they had made, they all turned on Gibeon and was going to destroy them. Israel had to go in and protect them. Because it was a covenant. It was life for life. And they couldn't break it. You see, God always keeps his covenants. And he expects his people to keep their covenant as well. <clears throat> but God's people didn't always keep their covenants. After they took out and occupied Canaan, the Israelites were led by a series of judges. And for generations and generations, judges ruled Israel. But then the people demanded a king 
like the other nations had. And God warned them that their king would be a warlike person. And he would get them in endless wars. And they would die fighting for him. They wanted a king anyway. So Saul became their first king. And just as God said, Saul ended up being a warlike man. And in his thirst for power and blood, he even attacked the Gibeonites. The Gibeonites, who, by the way, after all these generations, were still serving the Israelites. They had kept the covenant. But Saul didn't. Well, after Saul dies, David becomes king. And there's a great famine on the land of Israel. After three years of famine, David is pleading with God, asking him why he is punishing them like this. And you know what God said? He said it's because Saul killed some of the Gideons. Saul attacked Gibeon, that's why. And so David went and called the elders of Gibeon and pleaded to ask him, what can we give you to make this right? And the Gibeonites said, no amount of money will satisfy us. And David pleaded and said, I will give you anything. Anything you ask, just tell me, I'll give it to you. And they said, give us the lives of seven descendants of Saul who we will hang before the Lord. Only then will we be satisfied. And David agreed. So David went out and started rounding up the descendants of Saul. And he came to one young man named Meshibbeth. And he didn't harm Meshibbeth, but he protected him. And the reason was because of a covenant that David had made with his father, Jonathan, when they were young. See, Saul wanted to kill David. And he tried several times to kill him. But Jonathan protected him because of this covenant they had made. <clears throat> Their covenant said that Jonathan would protect the life of David if David, when he became king, would protect his family. And that was the covenant. It was life for life. And so David always protected, protected Mechibheth his whole life because of a covenant he had made with his father before he was even born. <clears throat> It's important. It's really important that you understand the covenant. How important the covenant is to God. And how God will never break his covenant. <clears throat> but we who are of the faith of Abraham haven't always kept the covenant that God made. 
the law came. We haven't kept the law. And the penalty for not keeping that law is death. Eternal death and separation from God. But our hope, our hope today is in a new covenant. A covenant that God made with his son. God said if you would die for these people. All those who call on your name. All those who believe in you. I'll save them. I'll give them life if you will die for them. Life for life. John 6 and 47 said, Most assuredly I say to you, who believes in me has everlasting life. Luke 12 and 8 says, Also I say to you, whoever confesses me before men, him the Son of Man will also confess before the angels of God. Mark 16 and 16 says, He who believes and is baptized will be saved. Do you believe this? Do you believe in the covenant? How? Do you remember? How? How is a covenant broken? If a covenant is eternal, how do you end a covenant? There's only one way. Do you remember what that way is? One of the parties of the covenant has to die. That's the only way it'll end. Jesus said, I didn't come to destroy the law and the prophets. I came to fulfill it. Brethren, we don't serve Jesus in order to fulfill a covenant with God. We serve Jesus today because he fulfilled the covenant with God. He, filled, he fulfilled both covenants with God when he died on the cross and set us free. And so we honor him today. We honor Jesus today. We praise him. We worship him because he gave his life to set us free. And every day, every day we should live that life that he gave us the way he taught us to live.
the way he showed us. Because he gave up his. He gave his away. So we should live for him. And that's my message this morning. The covenant is so important. I hope this has been useful to you. If you haven't been living for Jesus, do so. Start living for him because of what he did. Not to earn a salvation, but because he gave his life to save us. And if you haven't, if you haven't followed him, why are you not following him? That's all I have. We're going to sing a song of invitation now. If you'd like the prayers of the church to help you in any way, please come forward now as we stand and sing.